I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. With Boyd Matheson. We're staying with the question just a little bit longer today. Obviously, the big headline around the president's announcement on student loan cancellation. And it's interesting. Uh, We want to get past just the headline component to it. Uh, There's been criticism that was predictable from Republicans, some criticism less predictable uh, from some progressive groups today. And it's important for us to keep in mind that the, the cost of college just keeps going up. And it's often crushing those, even those with degrees, uh, who can't find jobs that can support the payments on that debt. And then as those prices continue to ex- escalate, it puts even uh, more pressure and makes it harder for regular families to pursue higher education. And so it's a it's a good time to just kind of pause and, and think about how did we get here? What's the government's proper role in all of this? And what do we do moving forward? I mentioned that some progressive groups are uh, being pretty critical of the president saying, hey, wait a minute, we're not quite sure this is what you say it is. And we're not sure it's helping who we think it is. Uh, And we have some real concerns about how we're doing this. Uh, Spoke yesterday with uh, Ben Ritz, who's the director of the Progressive Policy Institute Center for Funding America's Future. And first he said, look, this is This is going to favor and benefit the wealthy elite far more than it is those that everyone is saying it is supposed to help. The big beneficiaries are people who uh, went to college and and borrowed for it. And now uh, most of them get the benefits of uh, they get the benefits of their degree. uh, That's going to lead to higher incomes and they get this support from the federal government, which will be paid for by workers who uh, don't have those benefits. So uh, if you if you look at you know the distribution of who's going to benefit from this, even with uh, the income cap that that President Biden's reportedly going to include, um, he's going to cut off the the, the uh, cancellation for people who earn more uh, who earn more than one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year. There are many people like uh, recent graduates from law or medical school who have large outstanding debt. Uh, who may have not made particularly large amounts of money this year, but who are going to have high lifetime incomes and who won't have any trouble paying off their debts. Uh, and again, that's going to be paid for by people who don't have those same opportunities. So so think that through in terms of the dollars and cents. So if you look at, uh, Ben points out something really important. And uh, so you can say, well, that cap is $125,000. Let's say that person is married 
filing jointly, that means it could be up to 250000 And maybe they're just fresh out of college. So let's say last year in 2021, they didn't make $250,000 combined or as an individual, 125000 So even though they might make twice that next year, they get that $10,000 forgiven. So you got to play it all the way to the end to to see how that looks. And I think Ben rightly points out that, look, this is going to be funded and paid for largely by those who do not have that benefit or didn't get that degree. Uh, they're going to be the ones paying uh, for all of this expenditure. Now, the other thing that Ben pointed out, uh, and again, from a progressive point of view, saying that, look, the president's actions are a dangerous precedent for any president. What would be happening here is the president would be taking authority that was given to uh, the administration in administering the student loan program. Uh, it was supposed to be discretion to cancel debt for certain distressed classes of borrowers. Again, so, and some of the people that President Biden has already canceled debt for people who have been defrauded, they're permanently disabled um, through public service loan forgiveness programs. Uh, we, that discretion would be uh, it was never really intended for this kind of mass debt cancellation. Congress never thought that the president would just say, oh, everybody gets $10,000 or almost everybody gets $10,000. Uh, you know, that's the president unilaterally spending hundreds of billions of dollars of taxpayer money without explicit consent from Congress. And I think that sets a dangerous precedent, especially since you know there's still going to be over a trillion dollars of outstanding student loans. I don't think anybody intended for this to be uh, a, a trillion-dollar grant that was never paid back for college graduates when it was originally created. So very important, uh, and I think that argument can come from the left and the right in terms of, look, I don't think the president has that power, even if you take a very narrow reading uh, of what took place in 1965 when that student loan program began. Uh, it's just not there. And the other thing is you have to look at what, what's the real impact uh, ben rightly pointed out the fact that there's still going to be a trillion dollars of loans out there. And both the Congressional Budget Office, which, again, is nonpartisan, they're just there to say you have to show your work and do the math. Uh, and even the Department of Education say that the amount of student debt will go right back up within four years. I think it will be less than three years. Uh, Kelly, the economist, says it uh, could be even faster because of inflation, because we're adding to inflation in the process. So so what the president is doing today, the impact, uh, it, we're going to be right back where we started in somewhere between two to four years. And again, I think it's probably closer to two. Because tuition rates will continue to go up and we're not answering that question. We're solving that problem. We're not getting to the results component. What's the outcome? And we keep offering the loans. So, again, a lot of a lot of criticism on this. Of course, a lot of cheering from the bumper sticker slogan portion of the program, which is which everybody gets like, oh, great. You get free. You get free. You get free. I thought it was very interesting. Derek Johnson, uh, who we've interviewed on this show before, from who is the president of the NAACP, uh, was quite harsh with the president, said uh, President Biden's decision on student debt cannot become the latest example of a policy that has left black people, especially black women, behind. 
Derek Johnson, again from the NAACP president, said this is not how you treat black voters who turned out in record numbers and provided 90 percent of their vote to once again save democracy in 2020. Uh, So, again, a lot of questions from the left in terms of what's the real impact of what the president announced today. And it's one of those fried froth political policy Twinkies uh, that is quite sweet on the front end, but there's not a lot of nutritional value on the backside. And the impacts uh, can be quite negative. Uh, And so we we have to look at this. and, And I keep going back to the idea that this really should not be done by executive order. This really needs to be done by Congress. If we're going to have this kind of expenditure, there's got to be oversight with it. uh, And we actually got to get to measuring what's the outcome. What are the results of all of this, uh, which we just seem to keep skipping over? And uh, I think it is one. And uh, this was another question we've been raising. If this were really good policy and if this were really good politics, I think the Democrats in Congress would have included it in one of the bills they passed over the summer. Uh, But I don't think there are enough Democrats in the House or the Senate who believe this is both good policy and good politics to actually take a vote on it. Much easier to step aside. Once again, Congress being constitutional non-entities, non-factors, abdicating their authority to the executive branch And in the process, it hurts the American people and prevents us from getting to the results that we actually want. All right, we'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. Does college football need a Patrick Henry? Dave McCann thinks so. We'll talk about that coming up after bottom of the hour news. Stay with us. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.